Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. What is up? Welcome back to Tomahawk. We're on a new, slightly more baseball-themed set. It's more green, I guess. It's like... It's Wrigley Field-esque, I suppose. Not really any Ivy at Truist, but... No, uh, and also we win baseball games. True, that is... is quite a bit different than what happens in Chicago. I Look, the point of... I appreciate Wrigley Field because it's a lot like um, Ole Miss. It's a lot like the Grove. What mm-hmm. happens inside the stadium... Uh, or I should say what happens on the playing field is less important than what happens in the seats and just outside the stadium, sure, yeah. which is just intense alcoholism. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate that. I appreciate a, a self-aware sports setup. I'm fine with that logic, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely, I don't know if I would say a baseball mecca or anything like that, but it's definitely an experience that you should have as a sports fan. Wrigley Field, or yeah. Wrigleyville, I should say. Wrigleyville, yeah. Yeah. The entire area. I think, I mean, that's how, to me, like, you know, football is, it's it's nice to have, like, a big tailgating area, usually a parking lot. Like, even if you, like, to look at Arrowhead Stadium, it, it's stupid. There's nothing. Mm. But, like, it's important that it's sort of barren because then you fill it up with yeah. what makes it fun. The Grove is, is like, the best of both worlds because it's picturesque picturesque but it is like an empty park and then you fill it up with people and blah 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 baseball and they're kind of doing this now with all the venues they're kind of almost trying to imitate like a mini wrigleyville situation where they just open up a bar district next to Mm -hmm. all the stadiums and that really is a direct play on wrigleyville yeah it's a good organically it's also a good move just generally speaking to keep like they did it with uh i hate this arm they did it with uh Texas Live as well has done a really good job there. I didn't know how it was going to be when it, when it was under construction. I guess what was that 2019 when they started that shit for the new baseball for the new Ranger Stadium. Yeah, it did. It wasn't it wasn't obvious from the beginning how that was all going to work out, but they did a really good job. Um, you can stay in that Lowe's hotel right there and never really go more than a mile away and see two different sports. I mean, if you go on. If you go in the first week of September, you can see a baseball game, a college football game, and a pro football game on yeah. the same weekend. So yeah. without ever leaving like a mile radius, yeah. which is a pretty dope fucking situation. And then there's still like fucking, you know, 20 restaurants and 20 mm-hmm. bars, whatever. I mean, baseball is a pub sport to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? The same way like Premier League soccer, that type of shit. It's a pub sport. There's some sports are tailgating sports, some sports are pub sports. I don't know. <laughs> Basketball is neither really, but <laughs> it's fine. Uh but yeah, I so I like Louisville. I don't know where we were going with that tangent, but uh, drinking is what I'm doing right now, mm-hmm. and it's for good reason because the Braves dropped two or three to the Mets. Didn't look great doing it. No, they look tired. They look like they're kind of. Um, this was like their 22nd game in a row. Yeah, no off days mm-hmm. or something like something like that. It's close to that. Yeah, it kind of seems like I think the, I think it's. Up to the break, they have 20 games in 22 days or something like that. Right. And the the day off was the first day, right? So <laughs> it's really 21 and 20. Uh, that's tough. I had actually not looked at the schedule before this series, and mm. I had wrongly assumed that Monday was an off day. 
Like, I, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, the, I assume that series starts Tuesday or something. But no, and now they have a four-game series against the fucking, I mean, it's against the Nats at least. But, yeah. I mean, a four, four, four more games before the All-Star break. So yeah, that's what you think, those fatigue, they kind of look fatigued? It seems like it, yeah, and they've had, you know, um, it's like battle fatigue almost where, uh, or you, you've probably experienced it as a runner before where you're running on a hill and you get to the top of the hill just to find that there's another fucking hill. And you're like, <laughs> God damn it, man. Um, and you just lose a little steam. That happens in July every year for every baseball team. Right. I mean, <clears throat> you're seeing teams that are doing well right now, like the Orioles are on a bit of a streak, but they suck out loud the rest of the time. The teams that have performed really well so far this season, like the Yankees and the Braves, actually the Braves are still seven and three in their last ten games. Right. It, it, even though this feels like a skid because they didn't do well against the Mets, but I think yeah. this is so. Mm. In this whole run that we talked about on this podcast, starting literally in June on mm. June first, uh, or I guess with the Diamondback series, which maybe started last day of May, whatever. We were like, okay, this is when they're going to have to get really fucking hot. Yep. And they've only, this is only the third series they've lost in that stretch, I think, because they beat, or they lost the Dimeback series, even though their win streak, I believe, started at the end of that series. Yeah, the last game, yeah. And they lost the series to the Cubs, which was asinine, Mm. and then this series. Yep. Yeah, they've been doing well. But again, this is the kind of stuff that teams go through. They call it the dog days of summer for a fucking reason. Right. Just the same thing every single day. And then, you know, it's a, it's a matter of leadership and, and concentrated discipline where I don't know that the Braves have that without Freddie Freeman on the team anymore. Like, I don't know if Austin Riley's got the clout to walk over to Ronald Acuna because, you know, Acuna and Freeman had a, a, a complicated relationship. Both, yeah. like, the guys seemed to like each other well, but Freeman would call Acuna out, and Acuna's not comfortable being called out. Yeah. I don't know if Riley wants to, to put his... To, 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 to hit that hornet's nest necessarily. Or, or if you Riley feel, even have the self-confidence yeah. to do that. Or, or has he been empowered by the team, I guess, maybe to do it as well. Um, I do feel like, they're, like the, the leadership that they have is excited leadership, right? Mm-hmm. But as uh, somebody really smart said this, I can't remember who it was, but Baker said it on my other show, Citizen. Uh, uh, character is doing the right thing when the excitement wears off. Yeah. Right. And I feel like this team needs a little bit of that on the position player side. They need somebody who's got to step up and be a fucking leader and not just a cheerleader. Cause those are not the same things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. well, we're going to talk about Acuna here in a minute. Um, and get more into that specifically, but let's, this could be, by the way, what you're talking about though. And we'll tie this more into what we talk about with Acuna later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's one of the, Maybe the biggest impact losing Albies is, has had so mm. far since his injury, which we still don't have a fucking timeline on, I believe, right? No, I haven't heard anything. And yeah, he does kind of sit at that intersection. He's a very, uh, one, one of the better players on the team, plays with a lot of joy and excitement, but he's also the one that seems to be the guy who holds the other exceptional uh Latin American players on the team accountable when they're fucking around. Like right. he lit Ozuna up earlier in the year. And I don't think there, I don't think there's any racial element to it or anything like that. It's just that he happens to be because of his character. Like he's super serious about the game does, 
drill after drill after drill with Wash before every single game, but he's also like Heredia and Acuna and all these guys and, and Azuna who get super excited and just love fucking playing baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's I mean, sometimes, probably the leader of the team. I mean, dude, sometimes you want to hear it from someone like you. Hashtag representation matters. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean like, maybe, yeah. It, sometimes it means more. I, and it does just Sometimes it means more coming from someone close to you, and sometimes it means more coming from someone who's a little different from you, who yeah. maybe you might trust for other reasons or right. respect the opinion. Well, they did. Reason. He and Albies came up through the system together. So I, they did. That, that would make sense if it's like that. But I, like, I don't want to make it sound like Acuna will only respond positively to other Latin American players. That's definitely right. not true because right, he right. would not have made it this far in no. baseball if that were true. I mean, Acuna clearly has a deep respect for Brian Snicker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And vice versa, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brian Snicker is the le- the most white man I've ever, one of the most white people I've ever seen in my life. Pretty white, yeah. Yeah, just like a white blob, even. Yeah. I was going to say man, but it's just sort of blob. It's kind of like a thumb <laughs> with uh, with with sunglasses and, and New Balance sneakers yeah. on. Was that Third Rock line? Steve Forbes was born a ball of thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> or you look like an, uh, a piece of string cheese with an old tooth stuck in it or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, it's... But let's let's recap the Mets series since this game just finished. Um, game one, Freed didn't have his best stuff. Um, I think five walks. Yeah, which is a season high for him. Uh, still managed to hold him to one run, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Scherzer, there was no beating him that no. night. Um, as a matter of fact, it, I feel like if the game had been closer, if they hadn't added on a run or two, they may have just left him in and let him keep pitching. Yeah even though he just came back from injury because he's it's Max Scherzer. I mean, he's so hard to hit. He throws, <clears throat> if you've ever seen uh, the stat cast overlays, uh, he, so he all, he, has, he throws five pitches and all five of them come from the same arm slot. Unless he decides to drop down for the sweeping slider or the, the tailing fastball, which you don't know. Those come out of the same arm slot and go in different fucking directions, right? like five feet from the plate. The fact that anybody ever gets a hit off him is a goddamn mystery to me. It's unbelievable. Like, I, I don't even know what your approach is. It's not so. Uh, Jordan and Francoeur both talk, say the same shit all the time about about approaches to hitting, which is you look at a guy's stuff for the day. Okay, his curveball's not working. I can eliminate that pitch. Okay, cool. If he's a three-pitch pitcher, now you're in business. If he's a five-pitch pitcher and very rarely doesn't have all five, you're fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like Max Scherzer might be the most uh, – it's too bad he didn't figure this shit out in Detroit. You know what I mean? He, he did, did the last couple of years. Yeah. But like the first three or four years of his career were pretty brutal. So and that's one thing that's crazy about Scherzer, by the way, that people forget because he's closing in on 3,000 strikeouts. Or does he already yeah. have 3,000? I think he's. I think he might be over 3,000. He's closing it. Well, he's got like 225 wins. Something like that. I, I mean, but like his career numbers are insane and really high. But he didn't get going until he was like 25, 26. Yeah. His first season in Arizona, he he spent, I think, all four years at Missouri. So he mm. he didn't, and then he, there was like a little minor league. So he didn't even get to the majors until he was like 24, I think. And was his first like year in Arizona, not that great. They traded him thinking it was whatever. And then he kind of found a footing after a little while mm. in Detroit. So, I mean. Well, he was just so wild in the strike zone back then. Um, and, and wild out of it as well. Like so, his if you look at the beginning of his career from Arizona and Detroit, 
he had like his career strikeout per walk was about three and a half, maybe low threes up until his year 28 season when he won that first Cy Young and it jumped to four, two, and then it jumped up to like somewhere between five and eight up to, to present. Yeah. So the ability to, to command the strike zone and shit like that, uh, I feel like we're not going to see another 300 game winner anytime soon. The only dude that even had an out shot, outside shot at it was, uh, was uh, uh, Verlander, and he's just, I don't think he's going to be able to pitch long enough. Maybe maybe he'll go to 44 and get it, but... Um, I think he wants it. I, I do, too. I mean, he would definitely be... Not definitely, but he would probably be the last person to ever do it if he if he was able to accomplish it. Damn close, it. yeah. And, I mean, you know, Scherzer is, what, 37? So, let's say he he's... He's got 196 wins right now. Yeah. He's not going to get a 300. No, right? he's... Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, dude, like... And by, and by the way, with Verlander, like you'll, he, I think, wants to stay on the Astros in general, but you're never going to see him with a losing team again. No, he likes to win. He likes yeah. to win, and he's got his money, so he doesn't care. Like he, he yeah. wants to have fun playing baseball, yeah. and you, you don't do really do that in Baltimore, for no. example. You know what I mean? Um, you you got to think if, uh, yeah, Scherzer, his if, first, if he had come out a little hotter early on, he may have had an outside shot, but definitely not now. No. So Scherzer became Max Scherzer when he was 27 years old. Yeah. And that even that year was a 3.74 ERA, but that was his first year of 11 strikeouts per nine. And that, yeah. that was the guy he was in college, by the yeah. way. But it took him, he, his first major league season was at 23, and it took him essentially one, two, three, four seasons in the MLB before that fifth season mm. where he finally became himself. So again, that's all to say his late start like, I mean, he got an incredibly late start on really accumulating those statistics. Yeah, and he's still going to hit 200 wins probably this year. Yeah, you've got to expect he's going to hit 200 wins this year. Late last year, he got over 3,000 strikeouts, um, three Cy Young Awards. Going to uh, eclipse uh, 70 wins above replacement this year. Yeah. And probably will assume, let's just assume he goes to age 40 because he doesn't really look like he's slowing down. Uh, got to assume he'll eclipse, be getting close to 80. Has he had a TJ? No, or maybe so, really early in his career. Yeah, I mean, it's so guys that have TJs in their late 20s usually last pretty long unless they re-injure it. Um, so who knows? Uh, I don't know that he's had TJ, actually. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Scherzer's insane, and so he was insane that mm-hmm. night. And by the way, I assume because he's his nickname is Mad Max and he's a fucking psycho. Mm. I assume that he was real gassed up for that game in general, knowing what yeah. it means for the division and everything yeah. like that. So we got exactly what we should have expected. Honestly, we're goddamn lucky that the Dodgers used him so poorly in the division series last year. And look, a- any team that wins a championship, even if the Yankees win this year and like break the like, you know, win 120 games and win the World Series, in the playoffs, a certain amount of luck is required no matter yeah. who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. So it, it all, all, some of our good fortune last year was that Dave Roberts kind of mismanaged Max Scherzer in that division series, bringing him out of the bullpen for no reason. Yeah, that was dumb. And then he comes out the next game and his arm's dead. You're like, fuck yeah, of course it is. He's not used to doing that. Right. Like you've, you've spent the last, what, 20 years training your arm to do something and all of a sudden – you want to retrain it to do something else over the course of six days. No, yeah. dude, that's, that's horrible. Dave Roberts is a hump. I've never really <laughs> enjoyed him as a manager. I think he's, he, he's like, uh, uh, 
Think about the managers of like truly great teams, like Spolstro with the the Heat and, and yeah. Phil Jackson with the Lakers and the Bulls. All these guys that have had uh, like incredible Belichick, Joe, Joe Torre, Belichick that have had like incredible lineups, better clearly better than everybody else in baseball or whatever sport they're in. We remember their names because they succeeded. Who was the coach of the Seattle Mariners in two thousand one? Was that still Pinella? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who it was. They won, they won 116 fucking games, and I don't know who was the coach of the goddamn I team. I think it was still Lou Pinella, but I'm not fucking positive. If it wasn't Lou Pinella, I have no fucking idea. Uh, Lou Pinella? Lou All Pinella, right. yeah. And I, I couldn't remember that because loser. Right? <laughs> not that Lou is a loser, but he, as a manager, kind of is. I don't think he won anything ever. No, he never did. I mean, look, he had to spend time at the Cubs. Yeah, because they won 116 games. It's a regular season award. They got bounced in the first fucking round of that. Yeah, it was brutal. I mean, that was rough, man. It was rough to watch that. Hopefully, that doesn't happen to the. I, I want to see a Braves Yankees matchup this year. I need 90s revenge. Now yeah. that we just got the general hump uh, or the monkey off our back of fucking over that hump of yeah. winning a World Series, now it's revenge tour. I want to see the Cardinals in the playoffs. Mm. I want to. I want to see the fucking Yankees in the World Series. We already got the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, be, it would be fun to do that, and just uh, because it's they're two extremely good teams. The Yankees are uh, what I I mean that when I say that. Like, so I don't think the Yankees are good at hitting home runs. Not particularly terrific at defense. Uh, the top end of their pitching is pretty good, but it craters pretty quickly so we'll see how that holds well, up Well, maybe they're allowing the least runs in baseball right now, right now yeah we'll see how that how that goes in the playoffs but um a good like they still are performing like this even though there's some very obvious weaknesses that's a good team that's yeah. managed well right and the braves are a very good team that's managed well they've had multiple injuries they've had like one of their best players uh has been out for like what a month now um they've had all sorts of issues, dudes out with injuries, people going through slumps, uh, uh, pitching like Ian Anderson, not working out like he thought it was still or in, he's looking better. You know what I mean? But the Braves, I think are, uh, their offense when they're not, when they're actually paying attention is pretty fucking hard to deal with, to be honest, but everybody's healthy. It's really, it's tough. I want to say they were showing a stat the other day. I assume it's skewed a little bit more in the last three days, but one through three, uh, four through six, and seven through nine all are within two RBI of each yeah. other, which is not a thing that happens. Now, no other team in baseball is even close to something like that. Just having a top-to-bottom lineup and then having good starting pitching. I mean, it's underperformed a bit this year, but good starting pitching with a, a really good middle and back of, an, of a bullpen. I just think that would be a great series. Oh, it would be, like, that would be, be brilliant. A, that would be an instant classic series, and I want to see it. Um, I, I don't, I don't know who's going to come out of the fucking AL and, and stop them. To be honest, like Toronto just fired their manager. Houston's not far behind them. Yeah, Houston's looking pretty good. They quietly kind of just putter along and and win 105 games yeah. every year. Um, so that that's going to be uh, you got to expect that's going to be the uh, LCS over there, right? I hope so. I mean, I, mean, I don't want to see any other two teams fucking play each other in no. the in the ALCS. And it's going to be Verlander, Valdez, and, and Garcia. Uh, for the Astros, like they did last year, pretty much. Well, not Verlander, but who was it? Um, McCullers. McCullers, yeah. So I don't know what McCullers' deal is. He's on the 60-day IL right yeah. now, uh, and he 
ever since whatever injury he had that prevented him from being in the World mm-hmm. Series. He hasn't come back from that yet. But, I mean, they get McCullers back with that fucking rotation. That's... Yeah. And then from the Yankees, it's going to be uh, obviously Garrett Cole, James Talion, and Nestor Cortez, who, after starting off super hot, hasn't been so hot lately. I think... Uh, let's see. Actually, I can look. June and July so far, he's... Uh, about a 4.20 ERA, uh, three and two record. Yeah, but I mean that's a team where uh, it's a far you, cry from the 150 ERA you put up for the you know the first two months of the right. season. Well, I mean the Yankees, I think like the Mets, got off to. I mean they just and like the Braves for that matter, mm-hmm. ripped off insane stretches. Yeah. The Braves are still hopefully in the process of ripping off that stretch. <laughs> so game two, uh, the Braves win against the Mets, come back late. Uh, I think Olsen hits a two-run homer in, what, the sixth, and then uh, uh, Duvall does it again in the seventh. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it was a tough – it was it was a bit of a battle for him in that game. But I was really impressed with how entirely composed Strider is. I think he might be a sociopath. <laughs> um, like, you can tell he gets irritated from time to time. Yeah. And you can all – like, when he gets excited when – when he's really in a groove, he – pirouettes after the what he knows is going to be a strikeout pitch which right. is a level of confidence that's really important for a young player especially a, a pitcher like that but he didn't have his good stuff didn't make it five innings no he threw a lot of pitches man he threw 103 pitches in 4.2 innings so um, we, we talked shit or we talked shit on this Mets lineup a, a, a episode or two ago just about how they were kind of um taking advantage of their luck and it seemed that luck had run out in terms yeah. of Babbitt. But they're still like grinders. That. That's the thing. Especially the it's, first three guys, Nimmo, Canna, and Lindor, they're just tough outs. And Alonso. I mean, those yeah. are those guys. Well, Alonso's a fucking slugger, but those other guys are just super tough outs. Nimmo, what, saw 10 pitches to open the game. That sucks. Yeah. Like, if you're a power pitcher, especially, and you're used to striking people out, having to spend 10 pitches on the first batter of the game kind of gets you out of your rhythm, I think. And I, I, think I don't so think too. he ever really... I don't think rhythm-wise he recovered from it, but he battled through, man. He still struck out eight people. He only gave up one earned run. Matt kind of saved him a little bit on that. Yeah. Um, and, and I was, I'm glad, I was glad to see him because it's been going pretty well for him lately. I was glad to see him like hit a bump and just kind of like keep going over it. You yeah. Know what I mean, that's a good. It's a. It's a. Obviously, as a Braves fan, I want to. I want them to win every goddamn game. But when you look back on the season, like that was the part where he fucking figured out not to panic in this situation or whatever. Yeah. And it, and it went really well for them. And yeah, uh, <clears throat> Olsen drilled that ball to center field. And then um, Seth Lugo, who's got one of the better curveballs in baseball, like from it's, I don't know if anybody out of the bullpen has a better curveball than that. Uh, obviously, starting pitchers, Wayne Wright, throws right, the yeah. best curveball of all time, except for maybe. Uh, Mike Scott from Houston in the eighties or some shit, but uh, yeah, Lugo comes out and he hangs that curveball. Man, he throws it. It, it doesn't back up enough. Like it just kind of hangs. Yeah. And inside, like the the black to about six or eight inches off the inside of the plate, Duvall's going to hit that ball to the moon every single time. Which he fucking did. yeah, he absolutely he crushed, crushed that, that ball. Uh, um, which was nice, nice little fucking cushion. Braves win that game. However, I, I will say, like until the Olsen home run and all of game one bats didn't look great. No, they, they threatened late in game one. I mean, Acuna had that double, yeah. uh, that unfortunately only moved Harris to third or who, I don't remember who was on in front of him, but, uh, Acuna had a double late and we were threatening with Dansby up 
I think maybe to tie the game or get it. I mean, the tying run was either at the plate or on second. I, don't, I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm. But I mean, it was a big moment in the eighth inning. I th- and uh, other, than, uh, other than that, and then when they started getting going in the sixth or whatever, I mean, and then again today in game three, like the bats, not not much going on. No, they didn't. I, what, the thing that, so look, you're going to fail about what, uh, 75 or so percent of the time as a team. Yeah. Right. You're going to come around with a 240 to 260 batting average for most teams during the year. Um, Giorgio just shit his fucking pants. Yeah. Just very like absolutely farted. Um, you're going to felt it. You're going to fail a lot like that. What, what, what I don't like seeing is non-competitive at bats because yeah. it just lets the pitcher off the hook and the, and the other team off the hook. Like, We'll get to, again. We'll get to this in a second. But Acuna has been doing quite a bit of that lately. Yeah, just flailing at pitches with no plan. Or if he's so the thing that made that makes certain players great, like uh, Chipper Jones, Albert Pujols, some of these guys. Mike Trout's another guy like that. And by the way, it's those are big names, but like that's someone Acuna is supposed to be mentioned with. Like. Th- 30% of baseball fans think that Acuna is the best player in baseball, something like that, right? Yeah. Like, they vote for him, they vote for Mike Trout, and there's a couple other guys involved in that conversation. But he's one of the best, one of the top five players in baseball. People expect this shit out of you. The mental toughness as well, right? So they have an A plan. Like, I'm going up there looking for this pitch. And then a pitch comes, and maybe it's that pitch, and it wasn't exactly where they need it to be, but they know that the chances of that same pitch coming up in that bat again are slim, so I go on to plan B now. Mm-hmm. What's my plan B, which is to drive a ball through the right side of the infield or, or whatever it is, right? Chipper would sit on one pitch, and if he got it and missed it, he'd move on to plan B, yeah. plan C after that, and whatever the case is. I don't, I don't know that Acuna has developed that much as of now, but he's 23 years old, right? I mean, he's, he's, he's a baby. He's a baby. So we'll see how he develops. Which, I mean, we just talked about Max Scherzer, who's a Hall of Famer, who didn't have his first great year until he was, he was 27. 27. Yeah, so I, I, I wonder where the, like, who's talking to him about that? Because we saw Austin Riley in 2019. A lot of power. A lot of power up front, but the big hole in the swing, mm-hmm. right? And uh, uh, if I recall... Just loved to chase sliders a foot Blown off the away. plate. Yeah, yeah. Oof, he I mean, could not lay off. Yeah. He he completely sold out for that pitch. Um, Chipper Jones works with him for an off season, gets a bit better. Mm-hmm. Hard to tell in the bubble bullshit, but he comes back at twenty one and crushes it this year again. He's crushing it. I don't know who that is for. I don't know who that mentor is for Acuna. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it's Chipper Jones that's going to do that work. You know what I mean? It may be somebody else. It stinks that it's tough. I'm sure Acuna respects Chipper and all oh, that stuff, sure, but yeah. to go back to the Albies point we made earlier, and especially with teaching, there's it's one thing with motivation. It's mm. another thing with literal like nut and bolt teaching. Yeah. When there's a language barrier, that's really fucking hard. Yeah. And no offense to Albies or Acuna's other like two bro- real close bros on the Braves, mm. uh, Ozuna and Heredia, but like those aren't the guys you want to learn hitting from. Even Albies, who is a great hitter, he's... But that would be like learning. That would be like learning how to hit from Vlad Senior, right? You know what I mean. Just like he doesn't necessarily have a plan, and he happens to be a really good bad ball hitter. I think I think something like thirty percent of uh, Albies hits come on pitches out of the zone. That's you don't want to teach that. Albies figured out how to play baseball for himself. Yep, 
And not not saying he's not a team player or anything, but I mean, like he taught no, figured- like the his make, to make his style of play work. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not like Chipper Jones. And uh, despite being, uh, I guess they're the same handedness, but despite being a switch hitter, he and Riley have uh, like their approach at the plate is really similar. Yeah. And it was before he, he started coaching him as well. So that's kind of an easy fix. Um, and he, he uh, Chipper worked with Swanson as well. Yep. Yeah. And again, they're both kind of Riley and Swanson and Chipper are all kind of the same type of hitter, yeah. like a little discerning mm. uh, power to all. I mean, Acuna is power to all fields as well. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, Swanson and Riley are a little more um, similar to Chipper, whereas Acuna is just like, I mean, no offense to Chipper, but Acuna is a far more dynamic hitter than Chipper Jones is. Uh, for sure, yeah. Like Chipper, Chipper won a lot with approach and mind not that he wasn't athletically mm-hmm. gifted because he was but like Hakuna can do everything yeah but th- it's like the the rare combination of extreme talent and that work ethic and drive to be better all the time that produces people like Trout, Trout and Pujols and Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant right where right. a lot of people who have great physical talent or some other kind of talent fall short of that. What you don't want is a J.R. Smith situation. Right, yeah. Where J.R., I mean, if you remember J.R. Smith on the Nuggets, mm. that guy was af- as athletic as anybody yeah. in the NBA. Or, uh, uh, what's his name? Dwight Howard is another guy like that. Yeah. He's never seemed to really reach his full potential. But yeah, I think, I mean, look, Acuna is 23 years old and already one of the best players in baseball. He's been going through it lately. Um, his first 32 games back, I think that started, what, the the second week of May or something? He came back yeah. a little earlier. It was when thought. we were still skidding. Yeah, he came back. He he. The first 32 games was about a month and a half worth of games. 316 average, 950 OPS. That's legit. Last 23 games, he's hitting 221. And his OPS is in the sixes, which is like a slugging percentage of 300 and an on-base percentage of 300. That's Don't want either of those things. Yeah. I guess maybe, um, you know, if you want to... <laughs> Play David Eckstein ball and OBP around the fours yeah. and <laughs> slug two hundred, but yeah. yeah, it's not fucking great. Um, I noticed this, or I thought of this as we were talking about the Albies injury. Last twenty three games, that's about when Albies went out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that. In fact, I have a point later that kind of refutes that, but that is an interesting coincidence, I guess you could say. Uh, his defense, uh, Acuna. Well, let's get into the hitting first. What what have you seen? Because Seitzer has a theory, but I want to see what you think you've seen out of Acuna. You say that I agree with you on it. Never, it doesn't seem like there's a plan, but I don't know that I have ever gotten the <coughs> like. Uh, I I've, it doesn't feel like I've ever seen that Acuna has a plan. Uh, not necessarily. Even when he's going, like every now and again, you'll see him very intentionally go the other way. Um, but. Yeah, I don't see him as a good situational hitter, to be honest. And and also, you know, well, I to to answer your question, to diagnose what I think might be going on, it looks like his timing is off, which is the same thing that Swanson struggled with the first two months, month and a half or so of the season. And usually, like you see guys make adjustments. Bryce Harper is really good at this, which is it makes it surprising that sometimes he goes through extended slumps. I don't understand why, because he's actually really good at making adjustments. So you'll see him... If he has 
a series of games, five or ten games, where he's just like late on fastballs that he normally wouldn't be, then he spreads his stance out a little bit more and does a toe tap or a lift and plant instead of a long stride, mm -hmm. right? And if he's routinely out in front of the ball, then he'll do the opposite. He'll shorten his fucking stance back up and then fucking stride out a little bit more to meet that ball right out in front of the plate where you want to hit it. I don't see Acuna make adjustments ever. Yeah. Like his batting stance looks exactly the same as it now as it does or it did when he first came up. And I wonder, would you call what Harper does kind of like a, um, like almost like a little timing cheat to kind of like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like Kentucky windage. Like I'm a little bit ahead. So what can I do mechanically? Like, I don't want to change the way I see the ball or the way I process the pitch coming in because that takes a lifetime to perfect. Yeah. But I can change my timing mechanism a little bit. Like when do I tap my toe when his knees at his apex or when his foot plants or when is it right? So I think, uh, I, I see Acuna looking at the, uh, at the iPad more lately. Um, but he's encouraging. Yeah. It's encouraging. Cause, cause, but, but it's somebody there that understands. So look, you could be a great fucking baseball player and you can be a goddamn rocket scientist and not understand what you're seeing when you watch yourself try to hit. Right. Somebody needs to come in and tell you what that is. That's, there's a guy on the team that does that. It's Kevin a, Seitzer. I mean, just, you're going to talk about something we do. Uh, it's a lot easier to edit other people's writing. Sure. Yeah. Then it is your own writing. Yep. Right. Cause you, you're forced to read it out loud basically. Yeah. And if you're a writer at home, you should read things that you write out loud to yourself before you press send on that email. You may <laughs> sound like an asshole uh, or an idiot, but I'm curious, um, about what, uh, Seitzer has to say about this. So Seitzer, I, I think Seitzer is a great hitting coach, by mm -hmm. the way. So I, obviously we talk about how like, Oh, Chipper helped with, mm -hmm. with uh, Riley swing and Chipper talked to Swanson and everything like that. And that's fine. Chipper was a hitting consultant and all that stuff. But Seitzer is the fucking sergeant in the trenches, right? Mm -hmm. Like Seitzer is the one running the He's day. He's the guy that sees every, sees them every day. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so Seitzer, uh, he said, there's a story in the athletic about today from Jeff, Jeff Schultz. And I'm going to quote, uh, from that story. Uh, if you don't have the athletic highly recommend, especially if you're a baseball fan, uh, they're really excellent at baseball, uh, college football as well. Um, so Seitzer said he's struggling. Uh, there's mechanical stuff that we're working on. He's just having a hard time getting comfortable. It's ongoing. It happens to all of them over the course of the year. He's frustrated, which is great to hear that. He's not just like, man, fuck this. Like, uh, he wants to do good and he expects to do good. Uh, so, the uh, Schultz uh, asked Seitzer, he's like, well, you know, he's in a slump now, but he had a hot start. Like right. he was ripping it. And Seitzer, so this is what Seitzer had to say about that that okay. I found really interesting. Seitzer said, uh, he was like, yeah, but for me, it wasn't normal Ronnie, uh, his normal high exit velos, uh, driving the ball the other way and all that. And he was like, yeah, he had a few homers and he had some extra base hits. But when this guy gets going, it's rockets all over the field. Uh, pitchers are scared and he's all full of confidence. He's making them come to the middle of the plate because he's not chasing the garbage pitches they want him to swing on. So essentially, Seitzer was like, yeah, he was hot early when he came up, but it wasn't really the way Ronald hits. Mm. That makes sense, yeah. So he I mean, kind of got lucky early, I guess you could say, yeah. or something like that. I mean, or, or maybe people were just like seeing how healthy he was. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, if you have some success, so sometimes the name alone will do it. People still pitch uh, Albert Pools pretty aggressively, even though if you throw, if you're a righty and you throw low and away sliders, you could probably strike him out. Yeah. To be honest, you could just throw low and away slider after low and away slider, and probably 
strike him out. He's, he's got uh, two homers in the last three games. Yeah, he's yeah, at six six eighty five now. Yeah. I say, I know. I just want the Cardinals to tank so that they can apology free let Pujols play as many games as he can to get to seven hundred. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, but yeah, he. It's. I don't know. Maybe it's. Maybe it is that that people just didn't know what to, to whether to fear him or not because it's not you don't usually it's very rare in baseball that you would even think about pitching around or being careful to the leadoff hitter mm-hmm. which is kind of the reason they put him there right yeah. to to throw the pitcher off a little bit you can I can think of it allows him more ambush opportunities yeah. as well I can think of a couple of people throughout like Ricky Henderson obviously you would be very careful to him and Trey Turner Trey Turner yeah uh as far as like people who have slugging capability that are routine in the leadoff position it's not been a lot of people over no the years. like Brady Anderson did it one year but he was so juiced up his fucking head was about yeah. to explode um I do appreciate that that one year <laughs> got him a uh cameo on Sabrina the Teenage Witch in the <laughs> 90s well that was the, the she, she was the kingmaker I guess, back then <laughs> um but yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how Acuna comes out of it. He's I've seen some. Uh, I've seen some stuff out of him lately that that made me hopeful. Like he, you can tell he's thinking about trying to fix some stuff. Um, still hasn't really figured it out yet. But you know, it's July, and he's going to go into. Um, he's going to go into the home run derby next next monday i guess he is and a that's just exciting in and of itself Mm -hmm. but i almost wonder if maybe he gets a reverse effect out of it maybe yeah i mean so it's a good opportunity to uh i wonder if he's going to just have sites or come throw a bp to him for that yeah like here's what i want you to work on during the home run derby because you get a lot (laughs) of swings man uh yeah and we'll we'll see how it goes yeah it's some people do well with that some people don't it didn't the time before that he participated, it had no effect. Because he just did the exact same thing that Ronald Acuna usually does, which is hit the ball where it's pitched hard as fuck. Yeah. Like, he hit, like, 12 opposite field home He runs. was, like, it was to the point where you're, like, are you t- just going oppo for fun at yeah, this point? Yeah, do you even care? Like, like yeah. what do you do? Like, it's, like, a it was such a bizarre thing. Um, but I do appreciate, and it, it, that's kind of telling to me, that he's frustrated, and I didn't realize this till I read this article. But do you remember the other day when he hit that home run? He fucking crushed it. I think yeah. it was off the Nats. Yeah, and he he was very happy. About he it, he yeah. celebrated the shit out of that home run. It was kind of a meaningless home run, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. and I was kind of like, okay, right? Like I love him, but yeah. I was like, all right, man. Like <laughs> they're it's the Nats. You're killing him. Yeah, but I, it makes a lot more sense now because he was like, thank fucking god. Yeah, that's who I am. That's mm. how it's supposed to feel. Um. So yeah, man. I hope he gets it back. That is, it is interesting to me though that Seitzer put that into perspective. Of yeah, he he had a nice start for a month, literally month and yeah. a half, but it wasn't. It was a mirage yeah. in a way, and it's. I mean, to the frustration point as well. I think it's coming through on the field a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Um, because he's made some pretty boneheaded plays. One last night, actually. That could have been with Lindor getting a third. Yeah, yeah. That, that could have gone a lot worse than it did. He got uh, Matzik kind of fucking bailed him out there, but um, he's he's I don't know how many fucking line drives to the gap he's fielded in that ballpark, but it's a lot. Right. And he knows exactly how to play that, and he just kind of fucking he took a bad route and he didn't hustle to get over there in the first place. And there was a 
uh, a fly ball down the right field line in the Nats series too, where he kind of like dogged it. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, late, man? really late in the game yeah. where it was like, I, I thought that was more, I didn't think that was hustle. I thought that was more of a, a mental hiccup. Could be. Yeah. Um, I think he was, I think he kind of didn't, it was more of like, he didn't read the ball well, mm. but in a way that he, it was because maybe there was an attention deficit there. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think that one, I, and I, there's a lot of Braves fans on Twitter and Reddit that were like, hustle. He doesn't hustle. Blah. I, that didn't look to me like hustle that I like just from the way he approached that ball. Cause I remember the Andrew Jones situation from yeah. the nineties. Yeah. Andrew was just like, eh, whatever. That's like, the only time I've, I think I've ever seen a major league baseball player get benched in the middle of an inning. Oh, I don't know that I've ever seen that, but like a, a coach walk out onto the fucking field like, and get say, the hey, fuck off. you're done. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think it was a situation like that. I mean, look, a player that's frustrated like that, it's hard not to carry it out on the field with you. I also, especially understand, as again, a 23 year old. Yeah. yeah. I, I understand that he's had like, he's coming back from an injury and look, the, I, my, I'm certainly not saying that he should make up for his, bad route he ran on the ball by injuring himself <laughs> just to make a fucking point that's stupid so i mean you know you got to live with that mistake and uh and and try to try to coach him out of it like hey look dude you still got to fucking make that play or if you're nervous about your knee and impact stuff like that you got to take a different route like you this is going to be something that comes up throughout your life as a professional athlete you're going to lose a step you're going to face an injury or you're going to face a, 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 you're going to be in a ballpark that's different or something where you have to adjust the way you do yeah. things. You got to be able to do that as and a I star mean, player. He had a massive injury. Yeah. Like it was, was a no yeah. bullshit injury. And I have to assume that was the first time he's ever suffered an injury, even remotely like that in his uh, life. I would assume so. Otherwise he wouldn't be here probably. Yeah. So uh, he's, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's almost like a, a 13 year old, right? He's learning about his mm. body. <laughs> He's in a new frustrating way, yeah. which sucks. Um, but I think, I do think that that, that play against the Nats, which almost cost us a game. And mm. you know, if that had, if we, if we had lost that game, we'd be three and a half out now instead of two and a half out. Um, so in that sense, that's frustrating to see because, you know, we're in a tight division race. And as much as I love to dunk on the Mets and LOL Mets and all that shit, like, they're not going away this year. Well, I'm not, I don't want to count on them to fuck up. Uh, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd rather they, count on us to yeah, just yeah. rip it off. And today, Morton just looked like shit. Walking people and throwing belt-high fastballs that are getting driven out of the ballpark. Yeah. He has a game like that probably one once every four games, and he's had a couple in a row that were good, so kind of had to expect some. this is going to happen at some point. Yeah, and the more I see Morton like this, and that's fine, Anderson too, uh, the more I think – Trade for a starter, mm. Strider back to the bullpen. I know you want. I know Strider is going to be in the rotation or whatever. You don't need to do it this year. And again, he's going to have a hard innings cap fucking anyway. Yeah, you, you can't just let him rip like we talked about for 160 innings. So, fuck it. Uh, but we got to move on. Let's get in some ads real quick before we keep going. If you love sports and you love making money then you need to go to mybookie.com because it is the place for you. Not only does betting with mybookie.com make every game more exciting, but when you sign up using the promo code DRINKINBROS, your first deposit will be instantly doubled up to $1,000. With thousands of bets to make on all your favorite sports, there's no shortage of ways for you to win at mybookie.com. On top of having amazing lines and props, mybookie is also home to several exclusive contests and promotions so that you 
can bet anything, anytime. You're not going to find these anywhere else. They've got a casino, and it's a real casino, not an electric casino. There's a person dealing cards and all that stuff on camera. Uh, so get off the couch and get in the game with MyBookie.com and turn your love of sports into your new side hustle. Uh, head to MyBookie.com today. Use the promo code Bros to get your first deposit doubled instantly up to $1,000 and start winning today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. So Acuna, not the only hitter having a interesting, weird, good, bad, bad, good type of year for the Braves. Uh, Olsen, I read this today as well in the sporting news, and I honestly just copy and pasted it because I love the way they uh, put it together. Um, Olsen is having like a good hitting year, Mm -hmm. but not a, Matt Olson hitting year. Right. It's been a bit different. Yeah. I, it seems like he's getting, uh, like the exit velo is good. Um, he, he's had some spouts where he, he misses a lot of pitches. Uh, but it's almost, I, I don't know how, how to explain it. Maybe he's getting on top of the ball more like his, his angle's not great because he's hitting a fuckload of doubles. I mean, he's going to, he's, almost assuredly going to set the franchise record for doubles this season. He's threatening the all-time major league record yeah, which for is doubles. What, 69 or something 63. Like that. Oh, that's the all-time record? He has yeah. 33 doubles right now. There are four games left against a terrible team before mm-hmm. the All-Star break. We are across the halfway point for games played, right, yeah. uh, but the All-Star break is kind of like, obviously, the unofficial halfway uh, point. He's on pace for 59 doubles right now. I mean, that could go either way pretty right. easily. He's within striking distance. Yeah, for sure. So he leads... All of baseball with 33 doubles, which 33 doubles in an entire year is a good year. Mm-hmm. I think Dansby's on pace for like 35 doubles, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, however, his 810 OPS is 100 points off last year, Yep, which not really what you want. But I mean, an 810, you can't complain about an 810 OPS, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good OPS. And I think Freddie, Freddie's OPS is higher this year, but it's still in the eights. Um, so it's not like we're dropping off a shit ton on that, but that's it. And, and, and it's interesting. So like the OPS he's down on Homer his Homer pace is off essentially. Yeah. Right. So that is hurting the slugging. But again, he's still slugging a shit ton. He had uh, 35 doubles all of last year. Right. Is it 33 now? Yeah. His slugging is definitely the, the contrib- main contributor here. He's, he's, Slugged 540 last year, slugging 476 this year. I mean, it's a respectable number, but you've come to expect more. You expect a heavy bat out of Allison. Um, but it does seem like, you know, he's kind of gotten things going here lately. Um, slugging percentage over the last 30 days is 491. Over the last 15 days, it's 516. So he's back up in the right spot now. He had another home run today. Yeah, had another home run today. To dead center. Yeah, he, he seems to be into that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, do you think there was any point? And I don't know, this is pure conjecture, but he came up with Oakland and we mm. talked about this in the preseason and probably early in the season as well. Oakland is a fucking cavernous ballpark, right? Like, yeah, you play half your games there in a place that's really fucking hard to hit home runs. Mm. And he's a lefty. Now you come to Atlanta, you see that nice little short porch out yeah. there. And, you know, do you think, I, I didn't see it in a swing, but I'm no expert on that. But 
you wonder if maybe he, that just looked a little juicy it's to him? It's possible, yeah. I mean, it's happened to, uh, it's happened to plenty of people over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> some people lean into it. Rizzo has done a pretty good job hitting home runs in Yankee Stadium. Uh, but there have been guys who have gone to Yankees to the Yankees and played in that ballpark and, and really struggled. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you, so if you know a guy's trying to, especially as a, it's one thing to know that a pitcher lives on the outside of the plate. It's another thing to know that a hitter is looking for something to pull mi- middle end to, to pull. Right. Cause then you just don't throw that fucking right. pitch. Or if you do, it's a slider and off the plate, which he's swung and missed at a lot this year. And also not just to pull, but when you see that short porch, you almost get, this idea of like, oh my God, if I crush the ball that way, I'm going to look like I got the biggest fucking dick on the planet. I remember this is little league. So take it for what it's worth. And I mean, really little league. This is like third grade, not even actually second grade. This is when I was like literally still being coach pitched to, but I remember we were playing one day and I'm a lefty and right field had this hill at the, and it was like a really short thing. So it was like, if I hit the ball onto that hill or I like, even though I was a second grader, I could have hit the cars parked on the street on the other side of that hill. It was not very far. Yeah. And the coach told me, knowing I was a lefty, he was like, if I was a lefty, he's like, I'd be licking my lips at that hill, like, or whatever. And so I took that to mean at the time, I was like, I need to be swinging out of my fucking shoes yeah. trying to hit the ball up there. And I had a horrible game. And again, little kid, that's fine and all. But I think there's a human element to that where you just kind of see that sub- subconsciously and you're like dude I, if i hit the ball hard that direction it's i'm gonna look like a terrifying motherfucker yeah well whatever it is i mean he's still the numbers are still pretty good he is he's having great numbers yeah like the his wrc plus is still 122 which um, is bizarre because again that's great but it'd be his lowest in 4 years. Yeah. Well I mean all of his all of his stats are kind of tracking a little bit below standard right now. Um maybe he's not comfortable yet, maybe he's working on some shit who fuck I, knows. I have to assume most of the pictures he's seeing he's seeing for the first time. Yeah, that's probably or, part of it or as well. Or close to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, now, granted, that goes both ways, right? But you're not going to groove Matt Wilson a fastball because you're like <laughs> he hasn't seen me before. Yeah, yeah. Uh in the book is out on pretty much everybody. If you've played 10 or 15 games in the majors, I don't give a shit how obscure you are. They've got tape on you, and somebody's telling that pitcher how to pitch to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, your, your name is probably on somebody's little card on their, on their wristband if you're, for the catchers. Yeah. Um, good on-base percentage, 341. Uh, you, you know, his career is about 347. You'd want that to be a little bit higher, probably. I think it was 370 last year. Um, but, you know, he... He's he's having good at bats almost yeah. every time. He is not seeing four pitches in at bat. He's seeing five, six, seven yep. pitches in at bat. I mean, he he. That's what actually one thing I was worried about with him is like, okay, he has more power potential than Freddie does, but are we sacrificing the sort of like God damn it at bat in the middle of the lineup for the yeah. other team? You know what I mean? Where it's just like fuck. Yeah, Freddie's always been a tough out. Um, and Olsen has been that guy, like Olsen yeah. has been that guy. And, and that, like I said, that's one thing I was worried about with Freddie being gone. And, but Olsen has done a good job of, of being a tough at bat in the early middle of the lineup. Yeah. Uh, and with Riley behind him, you have another tough at bat with Danzig in front of him. And it's all bastard at bats at that, you know, at, in that portion of the lineup. And then, I don't know, as comes up and you just hope you don't groove him one. Uh, but so that's been great for him, but the slugging, He's just not making the contact he wants. I don't know. 
Well, I think he's not getting some of those uh, really good pitches to hit because he's swinging it shit out of the zone a lot. I mean, so he's had a lot of trouble with sliders low and in and the high end, high end or high middle in fastball. That's been a problem for him a yeah. lot. Um, I believe uh, Bassett, his former teammate, I think in Olsen's at bat in the first inning today, struck him out on a, a top of the zone, yeah, middle in uh, fastball. It was a great at bat for Olsen mm-hmm. either way. I think it went like nine, ten pitches. But mm-hmm. Bassett finally got him. I would I would call it on the outer corner or outer half mm-hmm. of the or outer side or whatever of the uh, inside of the plate. Mm-hmm. Like it was high. Mid, just barely middle in. Well, I mean, it's go, so go back to what Seitzer said about Acuna, about him not seeing some of the pitches that he usually hits really well because he's swinging at shitty pitches. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that Austin Riley had to get over and went, and, and the same thing that Dansby Swanson had to get over, that low and away slider for those two guys. For uh, for Olsen, it's the low and end slider and that, hot, that elevated fastball. If... To be honest, man, just if you're looking for that pitch and spit on it, it especially if it's like a two-strike count or it's a, a, a count that historically you've been chasing that pitch, it doesn't take you spitting on that pitch many times for the to get in the pitcher's head and be like, oh, shit, he fucking knew exactly. Because the only way you don't react to that if, you, if you've been reacting to it before is if you saw it coming. And I'm not saying that the pitchers think he's tipping – you're, they're tipping pitches or anything. What I'm saying is this dude is not, that's not an out pitch for anymore. And now you can start to cross that pitch off your list a little bit and he's got to go back. So, you know, if you can eliminate just one of those two things, if you can eliminate the low and end slider, if you can discipline yourself on that and not swing at that pitch as a six foot fucking nine dude, I don't know how tall that he is, but he's tall as shit. Yeah. That high fastball that gets you out, when you're looking for it, you can he can put that ball out of the ballpark. He's done it multiple times to dead center field this year. Yeah. Like a pitch that is on the not not necessarily on the inside corner, but on the inner half, elevated, maybe even a little out of the strike zone, and he deposits that ball four hundred and twenty or so feet away. He can do that, but not if he's also susceptible to that low ended slider. Mm-hmm. So you eliminate one of those things and then you fucking, you know, get the get the pitch that you can crush. I think that's been his problem mostly. Um and you know, going to a new team, it's all all the shit's tough. It takes I, time to do stuff. I wonder too, this is kind of like a little it's very speculative inside baseball thing, but the older, shittier stadiums, uh, like Oakland, like Shea, uh, and like uh Olympic Stadium or whatever in mm. Montreal, incredible batter size. Yeah. People love hitting there because it's just, there's nothing out in front of you. Yeah. There's and no ads and shit on the fucking wall out there. I don't think truest has a bad batter's eye or anything like that, but he probably left one of the best batter's mm. eyes in baseball. I mean, people like chipper loved hitting at Shea because there was just nothing in the entire middle of that stadium. And Andrew Jones said his favorite was Olympic. And yeah, it just, it wouldn't surprise me if he's adjusting to, some measure of that as maybe, well. Maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, but the other part of that is, and I, so high, highest whiff rate of his career, um, highest chase rate of his career, but he's also hitting, like when he hits the ball, he hits it very hard. Yeah. 92.4 mile per hour average exit velo is pretty high. Um, but his launch angle sucks, and that's kind of what makes me 
think it, the timing is off. Like you're still hitting the ball hard, but you're not hitting it right out in front of the plate where you really want to. You know? And the, his barrel percentage is the lowest of his career as well. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that does kind of imply a timing mm-hmm. situation, right? You know, he had to come out, he had to fix that earlier in his career with Oakland. So that stance he has, which by the way, Seitzer had uh, Michael Harris mimic to some degree to mm-hmm. fix his issue of wrapping the bat back around his head. Uh, Olsen, big, tall, lanky dude with a kind of a long swing, did that when he was his first couple of years in Oakland as well. His, he would wrap the bat, get choked out uh, on pretty much anything inside. Um, now he's got his hands way out here. Maybe it's time for another adjustment, right? Who knows? Yeah. Like it, Kyle Ripken used to change his batting uh, stance every single year <laughs> based on whatever crazy bullshit was going on in his head, but it was effective. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's also, I, I think this is kind of a weird stat. Uh, slugging 524, 890 OPS with the bases empty, and then 403 and 713 with people on. Um, remember that he was the only guy getting on base. Every single bat he fucking had for the first month and a half of the season was with nobody on base. Right. Uh, so I think that might be that, – that, that stat might be a little dubious. And, you know, he's been batting third all year, mm-hmm. and so, like – uh, I this I would have to dive in more on the numbers in terms of like all right well sure those are worse but how often were Albies and Swanson and Acuna getting on base yeah and then the bull then the fucking other teams like uh, all right bring me the bring me the lefty or yeah. whatever you know what I mean <clears throat> like time to go to the bullpen because we are we have typically been a late inning team that's abusing bullpens. So I wonder how often he found himself at the unfortunate position of being the first or second batter to face some, you know, specialist out of the bullpen instead of a gassed starter or something like that. Yeah. And this next stat is a little dubious as well. So he's, his OPS and, and Braves losses is 879 and and their wins it's 757. But remember they went on a fucking torrid, run of 14 consecutive wins when he wasn't exactly hitting well. So obviously that's going to dilute that a little bit. And he also got, he was the only batter to really get off to a good start this year. Yeah. Um, I'm not worried that that to me is a total coincidental stat. Yeah. I don't, I don't put any, any stock into that. Um, yeah. But I mean, you, we need a little bit more contact out of him. Yes. And that's, that's all like, you know, and I think that, I think that's what's happening by the way with his, like we said, he works great at bats and he mm. sees a lot of pitches. It's just that he's any he, his on base percentage is still fine, but he's not finishing at bats mm. that don't end in walks a lot yeah. of time. Yeah, and he's walking uh, quite a bit less now than he was earlier in the season. I mean, he had thirty two walks and about one hundred and eighty one hundred and eighty six at bats here. Yeah. To, to begin the season. Now he's got 15 walks over his last 160 at bats. So it's like he, I, I don't know if they're pitching him more aggressively or if, if his chase rate's going up in June and July. Yeah, I'd have to look into that, but um, he's a professional hitter. I'm not at all concerned about that. No, he knows what he's doing. He's, yeah. he's an adult. He's not even like Acuna, who, you know, physical abilities off the charts, but he's still only 23. Like this is a mature man. Yeah. Professional, knows how to do it. Real quick. One other, well, two. There are two other interesting things in notes. One that uh, the Braves have uh, Robinson Cano on their major league roster now. Yeah, yeah uh, that's weird. It is interesting. I don't know what that means for uh, Albies or anything. I'd like to get a little more information before I see. Just kind of interesting that Cano is yeah. on the roster. But the bigger news, I think, 
in terms uh, organizationally is that the Braves traded Drew Waters and some other prospects to the Royals uh, for the number 35 pick in this year's draft. Uh, that's interesting for two reasons. Uh, number one, it gives us, uh, two, I think, $2.2 million in extra signing capital for this year's draft, and that moved us from having the 19th most to the 10th most, which is a nice little upgrade in terms of uh, tiers. Yeah. Um, and then also we have four picks in the first two rounds of this year's draft, which uh, by all accounts is deeper than usual. Yeah, this is a good, this is going to be a good draft. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, Drew Waters wasn't, he's just wasn't going to play for the Braves. Um, that outfield's pretty crowded already. Um, there's and crowded with a, with a 21 year old and a 20, almost 25 year old and Acuna plus whomever's in left. And yeah, I mean, well, Rosario's on a contract for two more years, I think. Yeah. And, not that Azuna is going to see the field very much, but he's got, I think, two more years. Hopefully not, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, mm-hmm. then there's Duvall. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. where where do you put Waters without multiple people getting injured? But I could see him uh, I could see him playing in the majors for the Royals this year. I think that's the plan. Yeah, I, I would expect it probably is. Um, they've had, like, if you pull up their depth chart, it's there's a lot of red ink on here. You know what I mean? For people yeah. that are on the IL or day to day or whatever, they've been banged up and I they're mean, not. They still got Ben Attendee, but like Salvi Perez. Well, on Ben Attendee's not going to be there. In he August. won't be there. Like by, by the end of August, he'll be gone. No, I no, honestly, I don't. I think at this point they're holding on to Salvador Perez. Well, he's injured, but in general, just because that's reminds people that's that who they sells tickets. Yeah, won a World Series in yeah. 2015. Yeah, and there's a, there's a couple other things too. So uh, Vaughn Grissom got promoted from low a or for high a to double a belief had a really good game at double a in his first yeah so in in a ball in this in uh rome in rome georgia he hit 312 891 ops he's a big strong kid six three shortstop hit 11 homers in that period over 74 games and stole 20 bases uh yeah came up in his first game in the in mississippi went three for five with uh with a walk and a steal and two RBI. So uh honestly the the rumor around town is that uh this kid's probably gonna see the majors in twenty four. Which complicates things. So I mean maybe it maybe it doesn't complicate things. Maybe it actually solves a problem. What the problem that AA is having right now is that as much as we all love Dansby Swanson, he's kind of pricing himself out of the Atlanta market right now. Right. I think if you look on Sport Track, his fucking expected salary is like $22 million a year, and I'm not sure the Braves are going to do that. I love Dansby Swanson, but I'm not sure it's worth that. Yeah. And I, I think what might be... Because he's... Uh, what is it? Defense doesn't slump or whatever. Is yeah. this saying or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's fine, but it does age. It does age, and you, you typically... Uh, and it ages faster than the bat. It, it does, yeah. And, and, a, and a $12 million per annum raise for a 29-year-old, maybe that happens, but usually not, right? Usually you're in your, you're in your first contract at 29-30 maybe or at the end of it or you're re-signing for a, a longer-term yeah. deal and not coming out of arbitration like that. My guess is uh, unless Swanson takes some kind of team-friendly deal, 
that uh, you know they're going to go on the market and find a guy for a year. They're certainly not going to offer him more than four years. Uh, no, I wouldn't expect so. Maybe five, maybe five, but they're only giving mm. Freddie five, and I expect yeah. well, a it's you can your defense is going to age better at first base than it is at shortstop. Sure, and B, I think Freddie's bat is he had quite ready. a bit more of a fucking track record than right. than Swanson does. No offense to Swanson, who no. is who has has always had the pedigree, and this is kind of sure, what yeah. we always thought he could be mm. is happening this year. But I think you know if they can get him to sign a four year deal with maybe a fifth option. But I mean, then it's, what do you do? Look, there is something to be said for taking the known uh, asset, the known Mm -hmm. quantity, right? I mean, look at what, how insane would you have fucking sounded three years ago if you're like, yeah, dude, trade Waters, trade Pache. Yeah, yeah. You would have, every Braves fan would have been like, you're fucking high. Well, I did say that before this season that they were going to get traded, but it was obvious after just paying attention. Once Michael Harris had a great year last year, it was pretty obvious it was going to happen. But yeah, two or three years ago, that would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right, and they were at about the same place Vaughn Grissom is right now. So, I mean, prospects are never, I mean, it's a fucking lottery. Even when they have the pedigree, it's a fucking lottery. And you never know what's going to happen trade-wise between now and the end of this year even, uh, or, you know, there's, there are some restricted free agents or guys that can opt out as well. People like Correa, uh, although he's looking for a long-term deal. Right. Um, but Angelton Simmons is going to be a free agent after this year. I could honestly, if Dansby gets priced out, I could see them going out and getting him for a year to plug in while, cause he's going to play great defense. You know, he's going to play great defense. Yeah. But the bat's going to be, I mean, that bat is bad, but you know, what are you going to do? There's not a whole lot of options out there to be honest. Yeah. I mean, uh, the the other guys that are coming off the books this year at shortstop, there's only 11 free agents. Trey Turner's at the top, but he's going to get a $30 million a year contract for sure. And deserve it. How yeah. old is Trey Turner? Uh, 29. So he's the same age as Dansby. Uh, he's a li- he's like a couple of months older. Yeah. Okay. And then Didi Gregorius is coming off, but he's nobody's going to take a fucking yeah, risk on that. that. Uh, a couple of other dudes, uh, Diaz from, from Houston and... Uh, Iglesias from Colorado, but I, just, I mean, who knows, right? Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, I, but I, my, my guess is, is that at most the Braves are going to offer Swanson a three-year deal, probably. I mean, the way he plays defense and the way people, even though the shift is going to be reduced starting next year, mm-hmm. the way positioning has become such a thing where it was not before. Yeah. One thing I will say about his defense uh, that that gives me uh, hope or makes me optimistic or whatever is that the primary skill he has on defense is hands. Mm-hmm. And hands don't age like range ages. Hands stay. Yeah. That's why Omar Vizquel, before he started using his hands on uh, mentally challenged bat boys, is, yeah. you know... That's why he played till he was 41, because he had incredible hands. So the fact that Dansby and just tech in general will allow him to position himself yep. in, in advantageous ways might mean that hands. And I guess he's got a good burst. He's never, Dancy's never been a range guy. No, I mean, no, definitely not. But hands. Yeah. So sure. maybe that gives me optimism that he's worth giving four to, f- if you were really desperate five years. Yeah. Um, I, I would, there's no way I would give him five. Five is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
But for, maybe four. I honestly, I think they're going to try to get him on three. But we'll see what happens. I mean, everybody's I mean, going to pa- be in line to fucking overpay him. Yeah, and he's going to have to face the same shit that Freddie Freeman did. Now Freeman's having a great year. We'll see how he ages. We we all think that he's going to age well, and that's going to be a good deal for Dodgers and him. But you never know, right? So, uh, for for Swanson though, at that position, definitely is going to be a more steep decline. And he's twenty nine right. years old. As a shortstop, that's not exactly young, but it's not it's not old either. I mean, you know, age is less of a thing. Novak Djokovic just won a major at yeah. thirty six in a yeah. in a sport where that used to mean you were a dead person, mm-hmm. like literally a fucking corpse. But if you know, if Grissom keeps hitting the way he is, you, I mean, it it would be. Do you sell high early for some kind of insane? deadline trade because again this is one thing i read the other day i think on sports talk ato it's a great website um they're like can you imagine i mean obviously hindsight is better than 2020 on this is fucking 2010 but like can you imagine the package we would have gotten with one of those guys or both of those guys at the center yeah like two years ago yeah 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 it's a good question i don't know maybe they do that i mean you got to think they would have to have dansby locked down for a four-year deal before they would consider oh, trading yeah. Grissom. But. Because the market's going to dictate some of this. If you yeah. can't replace him immediately, <clears throat> then one of your biggest strengths becomes one of your biggest holes. Yeah. And they just moved Grissom up to double-A. He'll play the full the rest of the season there. Uh, probably will be in spring training next year. Uh, you would think so, yeah. We'll, we'll see how he hits major league pitching. I mean, the jump from double-A to the majors is tough for some people. For some people, they actually get better, oddly enough. For some dudes, they start out really well, have a slump, then come back. Um, we've seen a lot of that. Uh, Frank Corey did that back in the day. Fucking Austin Riley did it. You're seeing a little bit of it from Harris now. But Grissom is uh, a very powerful and fast-as-fuck shortstop. It's hard to it's hard to keep a guy like that down. I mean, he stole he stole twenty bases in seventy five games in the minor leagues. Which you know, it's the minor leagues. Pitchers aren't great at holding runners sometimes. Catchers are whatever. But um, you know, he he's well, you, ceiling wise, he's better than Dansby Swanson. There's no question 100%. about that. It's just a matter of is he going to be better at the right time, and is it, is that is how talent is going to translate to, to major league baseball we'll right. see about that does his timeline match up with our timeline yeah. and you know maybe we could be like the astros because they don't give a fuck they let everyone walk yeah. and then they just replace them pena just replaced correa and pena's been great they didn't give a shit about george springer leaving mm. uh they didn't care about garrett cole leaving they didn't i mean like there you are they're not even, you know, they talk, we talk about the Dodgers always finding crazy people, but no, also no one ever leaves the Dodgers, really. Yeah. Like, the, the Astros just let people, they're like, go, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And uh, who is the dude who replaced Springer, who's having an elite kind of dark horse MVP year? Tucker? Kyle Tucker? Uh, Kyle Tucker, yeah. I mean, he was tough in the playoffs last year. That was a tough at bat every time up. Yeah. They don't care. No. I mean, they don't get... So maybe maybe we take the Astros approach. Certainly, we are well aware that Alex Anthopoulos... Uh, He's pretty good at his job, so whatever he does, I'm going to go along with it. I He he has my trust until further notice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's... he's A couple other things to look out for, minor league-wise. Uh, <clears throat> there's a kid, Freddie Tarnock. Um, righty. Had some issues in A-ball, and then starting out... 
in double uh, A this year, got banged around a little bit, but all of a sudden, the second half of the season, he's rocking like a 188 ERA, his whip super low, and from what I've heard from the scouts, it wasn't that he was getting unlucky before, it said he was doing shit wrong before and he fixed it, which is a much better right. thing to learn about a young kid like that, not just because he's coachable, but because he's corrected his mechanics now, so... Uh, doing things quite a bit better and striking out batters at a higher rate, walking him at a lower rate, which means command and all that stuff. Uh, another dude to watch out for is uh, Jared Schuster. He's a lefty. I think he's like 23. Not sure exactly how old he is. He's been pretty good at every level so far. Uh, some of his stats look a little fucked up because he had a couple of bad games. You know what I mean? And that, yeah. that'll happen. But like, got off to a slow start. Uh, uh, in when he got popped up to double A last year, but this year, same level, double A. Kids throwing his whip is .98 as a starter. Um, he's striking out five dudes for everyone. He walks uh, .287 ERA. He, he's he's commanding the ball well. He's not giving up a ton of home runs. Uh, very sharp breaking stuff. He's a lefty, which also helps. So we've got these dudes. Uh, Toussaint's gone now, but Bryce Elder, Tucker Davidson, a couple of those dudes are still in AAA. It's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next month or so and see how many. Like, I, I honestly think Bryce Elder should probably get sent away. Not because I don't want him to be a brave next year, and, and because he's, he's going to be a very good pitcher in Major League Baseball, I think so. But he's not going to get the innings at the Major League level with us right now so it's going right. to stunt his career until he's like 27 it's not i don't think that's a good game plan you know i mean atlanta had that problem in the 90s too with aside from kevin millwood i can't remember a single fucking dude who came up from 96 yeah to 2003 you just don't get the opportunity at the major league level to 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 get innings you know what i mean and he's bryce elder you need to win you have to win at yeah. that when you're uh when you have a when you have the chance to win the world series every year you can't, there's only so much experimentation yeah. you can afford. Well, Wainwright's another guy. Like, yep. everybody knew Wainwright was going to be a very good fucking baseball player, but there was no room for him in our rotations. It was like, all right, fucking treat him. Yeah. Like, I kind of wish we had that one back, to be honest. But, yeah, I really fucking wish we had that one yeah, back. Yeah, who knows how that would have gone. But yeah, I think uh, Elder and a couple of those other dudes are probably going to get sent away this year. Like, Elder needs to go to, um, <clears throat> he needs to go to a team like the Cubs or, uh, uh, the the Indians or somebody that that competes but isn't necessarily a, a buyer at every yeah like every fucking uh, trade deadline they're not a buyer he needs a team like that where he can develop his skills a little bit get some experience and then maybe you know come back later but this these kids that I was talking about today I think they might be I think both of them Schuster and uh, and uh, uh, Tarnock might actually be on the roster next year. Uh, so keep. I just wanted to, like, because they're both. I think they're both on the forty-man. Nope. Tarnock is on the forty-man roster. Schuster is not yet. Okay. But they will be, or he will be rather. The end. Sick. That's all I got for today. Yep. See you bastards later.